Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining Jewish Daily Stories. Today's story is dedicated to Yosef Noach ben Rachalea. May he have a Fushalema, a quick and complete recovery. If you would like to dedicate a story to anybody for any reason, you can do so by emailing us at jewisheducate at gmail.com. Today's story begins with a Jewish family that lived about 200 years ago, and they were very, very poor. In fact, they were so poor that after a while, they were not able to pay the rent on their home, which was owned by a parrots, a landowner. And after a while, he, <coughs> excuse me, he made them leave their home. And not only did they have to leave their home, but he had them put into prison, a special prison for people whose only crime was owing a lot of money. Now, they were trapped there because they couldn't work in order to get money to pay pay back, and therefore they were stuck. Every day, some bread and water were lowered down into the pit using a rope. And after a while, the Gentile guard, the non-Jewish guard, began to take pity on them. And he decided that he would try to rescue this Jewish family. So after the parts had left for the day, he yelled down to them, tie yourselves very securely to the rope, and I will pull you up one by one out of the prison, out of the pit. He pulled them all up, and the Jewish family that was so grateful thanked the man and ran away as fast as they could. But a terrible tragedy happened, and they forgot one of their family members. There was a new baby, only maybe a few weeks old, who was sleeping in the corner, and in their panic and rush, they actually forgot him. I'm sure they must have come back later on, but by then it was too late. The boy was gone, as we'll soon see. When the pirates came back, he noticed that the food had not been eaten. And he figured out that somehow the Jews had escaped. He went down by a ladder into the pit himself to see what happened, see if he could find out any clues. And to his surprise, the only person there was a tiny baby wrapped up in a blanket and crying in a dark corner. Now the parts' manager, who had no children of his own, asked the parts for for permission to adopt this abandoned infant. The parts said, fine. And so the infant was raised in the Gentile home and He grew up calling his adopted parents mother and father, speaking Russian, and of course not knowing anything about being Jewish. However, since it was a small town, the word got out about who he was, and so some of the local children would make fun of him, calling him Jew. Now, he didn't know why they were calling him Jew. He didn't really know exactly what a Jew was. 
But as he grew older, he began to realize very deeply that there was something different about him. There was a certain part of his life that he didn't know about, and every time he asked his adoptive parents, they seemed to avoid telling him. But one day he insisted, and he said to his mother, you have to tell me, please, 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 I have to know. And so she told him the entire truth about his birth as a Jewish child and how his family had escaped from the prison and accidentally left him. Now, the young boy didn't know exactly what a Jew was, but as soon as he heard that he was Jewish, something inside of him said that he had to find out. He had to join other Jewish people. He had to live with other Jewish people. And he decided that he would try to escape and run away to a Jewish family. So soon enough, one day, when his parents were not home, he began to run. It was late afternoon, and he ran until it was night. And all night long, he ran and ran and ran until dawn. And when it came dawn, he had reached another small village. He went over to the first person that he saw, and as it turned out, it was the Shabbos of the shul, of the local synagogue. He said, I am a Jew, and I want to be among Jews. The Shabbos was shocked. What? What is this? What do you mean? But after he heard the story, he agreed that he would take care of the boy and treat him as his own son. He took him home and began to teach him <coughs> Olive Base. Soon the young boy, who was a good student, had learned Yiddish so he could speak with all the other people in the Jewish community who spoke Yiddish and not Russian. And soon he began to be able to read and daven from a siddur. And after a while, he was able to learn Chumash. Eventually, he knew enough to go into Cheder. And the Shabbos warned him, be very careful, don't tell anybody about your past. Keep it secret between just me and you. When he reached the age of Bar Mitzvah, he was now called Moshe. When he reached the age of Bar Mitzvah, the Shabbos bought him a pair of tefillin. He continued to study, and he was quite a good student. In fact, a few years later, he was a bit of a Tamil Chacham. His adoptive father sent him off to Yeshiva in another city, and he became one of the Yeshiva's best students. So Moshe stayed at um, an inn, a little hotel, which was owned by Chernobler Chassid. And every day he would go to Yeshiva to learn. One day, the Chernobyl Chassid said, why don't you come with me to visit my Rabbi? I'm going to be going soon. The young man agreed, and the two of them made the journey together to Chernobyl, to the Chernobyl Rebbe. They spent a Shabbos there, maybe a few days, and before they went home, 
they went to the Rebbe for a bracha. The Rebbe turned to the young man and said, I'm giving you an amulet, which means a kind of a um, little piece of jewelry that opens up and you can put like a little note inside of it. Wear this around your neck at all times. And on the day of your chasana, the day of your wedding, you and the rabbi must open it together before the wedding. The young man, Moshe, returned to the yeshiva and continued to learn. Not not long afterwards, someone came to the Rosh Yeshiva, the head of the yeshiva, looking for a good husband for his daughter. The Rosh Yeshiva immediately thought of Moshe, who was, <coughs> excuse me, was a, a very, <coughs> a very good student. Sure enough, they hit it off very well. Moshe and the uh, prospective father-in-law, he brought him home to meet his daughter, and everyone seemed to be right at home with each other. It seemed like a fine family. Moshe seemed like a fine yeshiva bacher. And they decided together that the wedding would be on a certain date. Now, right before the chuppah, on the day of the wedding, Moshe suddenly remembered the instructions of the Chernobyl Rebbe. So he went to the rabbi, who was in charge of the chasana, and told them, I have to discuss something with you, privately. They went into a room by themselves. He took out the amulet, told the story of how the Chernobyl Rebbe had given it to him, and together they opened the amulet. To their surprise, they saw the words written inside, it is usher, it's forbidden to marry one's sister. The rabbi was shocked. What is this? It's usher to marry the sister of, of your, uh, your sister? Why did the Chernobyl Rebbe give you this amulet to wear? Tell me your story. The rabbi said to Moshe, who are you? Where do you come from? Tell me everything you know about my early, about your early life. So the young man told him everything he knew, including that he had been an abandoned baby of a Jewish, <coughs> of a Jewish family and never found his family again. Okay. Next, the rabbi called over the father of the Kala and asked him the same questions. While the father was telling all about the girl's life, he happened to mention that a certain number of years ago, actually the exact age of the chassan, the family had been able to escape from prison and had accidentally left the young infant behind. Ah, everybody understood that Ashkacha Pratis, divine providence, had finally led the long-lost son, back to his parents and his family. Now, of course, the marriage had to stop right there because the girl that he had wanted to marry was really his sister. And of course, he couldn't marry his sister. The family was amazed by the Ruch HaKadosh of the Chernobyl Rebbe's insight. Now, as we know, it's always important to learn a lesson from a story. And perhaps there are two lessons here. One, of course, is the obvious one that the tzaddik has Ruch HaKadosh and is able, <coughs> if Hashem wants him to have Ruch HaKadosh, is able to see into the future. 
And the Chernobler Rebbe somehow knew that he had to have this note in the amulet and that this would prevent him from marrying his own sister. But I think that there's another lesson here as well, which is the Jewish spark within each and every one of us. The pintalayid, the very point of the soul of a Jewish person, that even though young Moshe had not been raised Jewish at all, nevertheless, when he found out that he was Jewish, there was something inside of him that wanted and just had to connect with his Jewishness. He just simply had to be, although he had been raised by perfectly fine parents, Gentile parents, adopted parents, but he knew that he had to get back to the Jewish people. And this is also important for us as well, that all of us have this spark, this godly soul, the pintalayid, the spark of Yiddishkeit, of Judaism, of the soul within us. And whenever we need to, through learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, we can connect somewhat to this pintalayid, to this spark of Yiddishkeit. And this way we can advance and advance in our learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. And surely this will bring Mashiach quicker. And when Mashiach actually comes, all of our Pintalayid, all of the sparks of the essence of our Jewish souls will be revealed together. Thank you for joining Jewish Daily Stories. Have a wonderful day. Most, most successful.